0: morning good morning good morning welcome to the Michigan Minority Supplier Development Council's design series podcast brought to you by MMSDC a design series podcast designed to talk to you about behind the scenes of our MBEs and our corporations and for you to understand all the great things that are happening at MMSDC and today I am so excited to bring to you Ken Porter of Porter Media Group hi Ken Hi, Katrina. (laughs) (laughs) How are you today?
1: I'm doing great today. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. So we're very excited to have him today to discuss what MMPC, can you believe it's actually only a week away? Um, I'm almost in disbelief because in addition to it being a week away, today is May 1st. That means we're five months into 2018, wow. and I think everybody is saying exactly what you just said. Wow, where did the time go? And um, it is with proper planning and, and uh, tactical execution that MMPC is going to go across uh, without a flaw this year. Hmm. And you know why that's going to be great? Because Ken is actually supporting yeah. MMPC with a tremendous amount of marketing support materials and a lot of other behind-the-scenes things that we probably are going to learn about today. Right. So... We welcome you, and we're going to open up directly with, as I like to say, all the little things that I learned about MBEs that I never knew, because in my mind, in my mind, I feel as though I know so many people at MM, MMSDC, and then they come on the show, and every time I'm literally floored about all the greatness and the the behind-the-scenes story and all those little things, so I cannot wait to get to know your story today. So we will start. So Ken, Porter Media Group. right. Who are you? When did you start? Tell us your story.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, Porter Media Group was started back in March of 2010, and we're a corporate communications company. We specialize in uh, print communications, conference marketing, uh, brand development, and also brand management.
0: Okay. So how did you even get into this space? You know, um, being in the marketing media space myself, um, I, I found that most of us, have st- I wouldn't say stumbled into it but it wasn't necessarily the direct path that we thought we were going to go in so right. was that the case for you so you know how did you get here
1: well it's a it's a really good question um I was working full-time as a production manager at a print communications company oh okay and so I had been doing that my whole life ever since I was 16 years old all I've ever done is work in the print industry
0: oh so we got a print veteran since yeah. 16 <laughs> oh okay all right yeah
1: and so um you know, for several years, I was a manager in print production. I was a young guy, uh, but I was still in charge of everyone running the show at, uh, <laughs> at different print companies um, for several years. It got to the point where I was doing my own thing on the side, and I realized I was making more money on the side than I was at my full-time job. Okay. And so at that point, I said, you know what? Let me take a step back and evaluate, do I really need to be here? And if I wasn't here, how much more money would I be making for Porter Media Group? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, uh, back in March of 2010, I submitted my letter of resignation, which you should do if you're going to leave a company. (laughs) You
0: need uh, to leave on good terms. Let's just start there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, um, when I handed that document in and I walked out the office that day, my stomach hit the ground. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Okay, it's real now. And so from that point on, we've been growing every year. We've been in business. And I'm happy to say that uh, last year, we actually doubled our revenue last year over the year before. So things have been going pretty good.
0: Oh, Ken, that is phenomenal. Can yeah. we get the hands? Can yeah. we get the um, <laughs> applause? Ah!
1: Right, right. Oh, Thank
0: my you. God, that is so great. So within seven, eight years, so last year was year seven. Right. Um, You were able to double revenue. What do you believe put you in that position? Because, of course, those first few years as we were talking, you know, off air about just getting the business up and just the beginnings of entrepreneurship. What changed? What what, where did you see that shift for you?
1: So uh, I'm going to refer back to the uh, the place I was working at. Okay. So I was working there full time and we had one particular client there and they were doing a lot of work with our company. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like the account manager for that particular client. OK. And um, when I decided to leave the company, you know, they actually contacted me and decided to follow me. And they oh. ended up leaving the place I used to work for. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, that company uh, that I used to work for is now out of business. Okay. But, but and it happens.
0: Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said it, but we're doing good.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, I was talking to different people in the industry and I found out um, about MMSDC. I had never heard of an organization before. Okay. And... Um, uh, we ended up going through the application process which was it was a little bit intimidating at the time but I found out that once you get in you got to work hard and so we did that we mm-hmm. did what I call seed planting okay and so we would kind of just take our seeds and throw them up in the air and wherever they landed <laughs> you know was where we were going to go and start you know uh, reaping the benefits from it so
0: someone concrete some some on grass but you know what you throw them up in the air and they landed yeah
1: yeah and, and a lot of them actually uh, ended up being a benefit to us and so um, Three years later, now we're actually doing print work for MMSDC, and last year we had Nationals in Detroit, and so we were happy to get contacted uh, from Nationals out of New York. We actually provided all of the print collateral for Nationals at Cobble Hall last year, and so that included all of the signage, some of the displays, and all of the print collateral like the catalogs and other information that went into the registration kits.
0: Oh, wow, and we would like to say, as Uh, I do my Vanna White, (laughs) and the MMSDC Design Series podcast banners, compliments of Porter (laughs) Media Group. So living example of great work being done and being displayed right here um, on the podcast for all of our live participants um, on Facebook Live or whatnot. Um, If you have any questions, we would love for you to call in 248-809-6400. It's the way that you can contact and talk with Ken today. So, okay, Ken, start at 16. Where'd you go to high school?
1: I went to the Academy of Detroit.
0: Okay. So you were able to leverage your, I'm going to school 16, you know, working part time. and. you know, I always tell people um, the the beginnings of your career tend to actually happen in high school. Those are some of the most um years, not just for, of course, learning and, you know, what you need to get through college, but also I learned what I did not want to do. I was actually a law clerk, and I remember being a law clerk the entire time in high school and a little bit after college, and I knew, I was like, hmm, let me tell you what I'm not going to do. And I also learned other areas that I was actually good at, you know, young, and, and I've believe that is one of the attributes of working in corporate and being able to have exposure to small businesses you know like this for ourselves to really give us that opportunity to learn and grow so we fast forward you from 16 you know you're in the print business so this is your world know it backwards and forwards right let's ask this question because ken you're a millennial That's one of the topics. Right Right now, one of the focuses of MMSDC is working with and getting more millennials involved in the business of doing business. I think oftentimes millennials um, have... Have shown, of course, with access and technology, being able to just feel as though they can get out there, hit the ball rolling and not necessarily need anyone. Uh What would you give in terms of advice for, you know, let's roll back when you walked away? We'll kind of ask this question as we go through the conversation today. But when you first walked away, when you see what you did and what you had to experience, pardon me, and social media was not what it was in 2010, of course, what it is now. But when you walked away in your experience and that beginning point for young business owners, what would be some of your advice? What if you could look back over, what would you do differently or, or maybe not do differently? What would you say to that?
1: That's a really great loaded question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, So I'm going to start with the advice that I would give a younger uh, entrepreneur. Okay. So when I was 19 years old, I found a mentor. And he was somebody who had a company that was doing very well. At the time, he was, I think, maybe 24. And he had a cleaning company in Detroit. Okay. And um, he was doing so well. And I remember, you know, uh, him meeting up with me at different restaurants at age 19. We would meet up probably uh, once a month. And he would give me advice. He's actually the one who encouraged me to get signed up with MMSDC. Okay. And so um, I think mentorship is really important as an entrepreneur. You want to find someone in your industry, um, if you can, but they don't have to be in your industry, Mm -hmm. but just someone who knows business. And I did that and took his advice, followed him uh, or followed his instruction when it came to going to different networking events, making sure people recognize you Mm -hmm. and not getting discouraged because you don't get a phone call, you know, from the first. Huge. Huge.
0: I think that's probably one of the things I see often Um, and, and even in the space of moving very fast now to maintain business Mm -hmm. I've actually told a couple of um, people that either wanted to work with me or same thing hey if I don't call you back you better call me like I'm serious I have the opportunity but life moves so fast in my world and a a young man actually recently said well I didn't know I didn't want to bother you I said no your job is to bother me because if you continue to bother me and it's not even that if you're serious I'll actually stop and take the time and I that's something actually I I was naturally good at (laughs) (laughs) let's just say asking questions and being persistent was not one of my weak points in life (laughs) at all but that's great so number one mentorship and addition to that just keeping up that that perseverance.
1: Right and um, just What I like to do is look at people that are doing very well in business. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to actually tap into people who have not done so well in business. You can learn a lot from people who um, had some failures in life, and especially in business. But what we do is we tap into that, and I I really try to give back. And I bring in other young guys uh, who are interested in doing business. It could be someone who – I have a young man who actually likes to do photography. And so we bring him in, and he comes in and works a few days a week. He wants to learn. He's 16. He wants to learn about entrepreneurship, like I was when I was 16 years mm-hmm. old and so I bring him in and give him an opportunity to watch us work and that's going to have a really positive impact on him in the future
0: It, you know what it does we take that for granted I think we get so caught up in our world oftentimes um, I know I'm very guilty of that discrediting actually the value of what you do every day because it's, it is what you do but Again, we look back on how did you learn? How did you become a part of? How did you even know? It was because I was placed in environments that allowed me to make decisions or seeing decisions being made by people that look like me. I think that's the other huge thing is, especially with you being an African-American man, um, with all the things that are going on right now, especially, you know, with our men and just right. so blatantly being targeted in right. so many different um, worlds, being able to have anchor foundations of successful young men, um, you know, are just imperative, imperative to growth and reminding people that we've got to keep pushing forward no matter what. Right. So now you have mentors. So wait a minute. How many people do you actually have on staff now?
1: So I have four people.
0: Look uh, at you in the big leagues. Look at <laughs> you Ken. Know what? Look at Ken. So. I out here, knocking it out the park. Uh, well, thank you, <laughs>
1: Katrina. I, I do have four people that work on my team. Okay, and uh, so we're looking to grow more uh, for 2018 and also moving forward.
0: Okay, yeah. so tell us now. We're going to transition a little bit. You okay. know, you, you went through the growing pains. Or let me ask you, what was your what was your greatest growing pain? Your greatest, because no pain, <laughs> no growth is ever great without pain.
1: All right. So uh, that's uh, your questions are wonderful. Yeah, I I really like it. Okay, Ken is over here,
0: uh, you know, giving me the big head. I'm not going to let him swell up too much. (laughs) But we're in the same world, marketing media. You know, it makes me excited.
1: (laughs) I I remember um, there was a time we had a a really big project for a client. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had the funds needed to get the job done, Mm -hmm. but we really didn't. And so I ended up taking all of my personal money and I put it into the project. And this client, who normally would pay, you know, right on time, ended up, Oh, my gosh. Dragging that invoice out for probably about four months. Oh. And so that really put us in a – well, put me, because at the time I was really – doing it solo but it put me in a really bad situation for cash flow problems oh yeah it made it it, <laughs> it, it, it created a domino effect and um, that was that was a, a, a growing pain for us
0: so what would you do differently to manage that situation because it's going to come up I'm pretty sure it's come up again invoice 30 days even 60 days and it turns into 120 how would you manage that differently now
1: okay so Back then, I was so busy, and I was really focused on trying to make sure the clients had everything that they needed, when they needed it, which is what I still do. Mm-hmm. But what got pushed to the back burner was my invoicing. And so I, I would work, 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 and then when I found time, a month and a half later, I would try to get caught up on invoices. <laughs> right. But by that time, I'm like, where's all of the money at? I have no money coming in. So don't do not do that.
0: <laughs> right. Do not delay your money. No. And it's, you know, and it's that balance of finding, of being an entrepreneur that, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure every entrepreneur now could probably have that story or that testimonial to say, well, and you know what, I just... I just had a similar situation, and thank God the person I was talking to, we're actually, you know, have a a friendship and rooted in, again, being friends, but doing business together, and I literally had to say, so, you know that invoice that I probably should have got back to you like a little bit earlier? I still need to submit it. <laughs> he <laughs> just looked at me like, really? I'm like, I have same thing. I have had so much going on and it got lost in the shuffle. Um, I'm doing better, however, um, with tools and, you know, things like that to make things more efficient. That's again, that's still the learning process. Right. But yes, you have to keep your cash flowing in order to stay in business. I would say that yeah. is a, yeah, a primary concern. Yeah. OK, so now I want to jump directly into MNPC. So week away. You know, you now have the opportunity of having dealt with a large scale, super large scale contract related to the minority space as a whole. For so many businesses that this is their first time, you know, either attending or even going through that switch in terms of marketing material. Let's talk about their brand presence at a trade show. Okay. What do you see right now as some of the best trends and some of the great things that you can do to position yourself even a week out when it comes to actual maybe in? Um, flyers and you know new technology like what's popping Ken what's popping out here in the world of trade
1: shows (laughs) so uh, I'm gonna use my company for um, an example okay Uh, one of the things that we did last year for nationals was I wanted to make sure that we had a really strong presence at the show Mm -hmm. a lot of times you can you can have a booth and you can fill up your booth with a whole lot of gadgets and gadgets that people can come and and take and even look you in the eye just kind of grab your stuff and keep walking right but what we did is we actually had um, a real strong presence at the show and I had uh, six people from Porter Media Group at our booth we had actually had a double booth last year at National. oh did you yeah we did oh okay and so um, we had a nice open uh, welcoming booth so that people were in, felt invited to come in mm-hmm. and, and open conversation with them so I would encourage you to have more than just one person because at a conference that large you're going to have a lot of people that you're going to miss uh, the opportunity to converse with mm-hmm. so make sure you have some uh, a, a wingman or a wingwoman there
0: yes and <laughs> Wing woman for morning shift and afternoon shift. That was actually one of the suggestions. I believe Bill, I believe Bill was one of the guys to um, who made the same suge- suggestion in terms of working, you know, the trade show and having um, people there. When it comes to actual tangible materials, what's popular now? You know, you have stuff like. That's so 1986. Right, <laughs> right. What's so 1986 and what is so 2026, you know, when it comes to actually presenting yourself and having those tangible materials?
1: I would say digital. Uh, you know, what we did again, we had a really nice uh, digital display at our booth. So people love technology. They have an opportunity to interact. So mm-hmm. that will really draw people to your booth. Another thing is um, the materials that you're handing out, the tangibles. Okay. We handed out what I call our futuristic print solutions. And so those, oh. those were four. Uh, products that were printed with foils uh, where images were really like popping off the page.
0: Oh, kind of the 3D-ish or or whatnot. Are you doing 3D or virtual reality?
1: Yes. So we do the 3D jet varnish and iFoil type printing. And so that's 3D raised foil. It really pops off the page. Michelle, the president, she actually came by our booth and she looked at it. She said, that looks really expensive. I said, it's a great product. You get what you pay for it. Right. And so... (laughs) Um, and another thing we did is, uh, like, my business cards, are my cards are printed on a clear, transparent material.
0: I actually like those. Yeah. I remember. You've had yours like that for a while, haven't you? Yeah, it's you?
1: been a couple of years. That's what I so. thought. I
0: remember that version. I actually, myself, really like the clear, transparent. And, and it's something about the way the words actually pop off mm-hmm. um, with that, that transparency, it just gives it a different dimension, even right. though um, even though it's plastic. I, I just remember saying, "Oh,
1: I like this." It stands out, and that's what you want to do with these different shows. Because imagine all of the different booths in there. I think they have probably five hundred different booths.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't even—I don't even know if that includes some of the corporate sponsors. And it's—it's right. it's so much. I think people underestimate how powerful and how big it is uh, every year. You know, it—it it gets. It gets smaller in terms of walking the floor because I know where I'm going and I know what to look for. But I am still every year in awe of how many people I actually see. I'm looking around like it's a lot of people in here. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you know what, Katrina? Um, I remember it was a few years ago. We had a booth. Um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure you came by our, our exhibit that day. But we had a lot of light displays at our booth. And so oh. we, we had a really nice backdrop. But we had we had rented some uh, up lighting. Li- lighting and okay. different colors it changed colors. And so it brought our exhibit to life. And so Hmm. when people would walk by, they stopped and said, man, this this exhibit is amazing. Um, We had DeAndre Berry from the Detroit Tigers. He came by and uh, he gave us a really good compliment on the booth. And that's I I love DeAndre. He's a great guy to work with. Um, So I would also encourage people to um, the the futuristic print technology, the foils, the jet Mm -hmm. varnishes, the 3D printing. Uh, Again, I'm going to refer back to our booth we had in Nationals last year. We actually received a phone call Uh, I'm sorry, an email from HBO uh, after the show. They were really impressed with our our jet varnish and foil technology that we were presenting at the show last year. And they contacted us. And so, again, people are looking for something that's different. Mm -hmm. Stand out from the crowd. So
0: what's 1986? What's let's not do that anymore. (laughs) Just well.
1: well your, your graphics plays a big part too you, okay. know, you can still have your oh capabilities
0: oh my god and, that is oh so yes forth. yes
1: yes yes yes. yeah you can have all of that but make sure it looks presentable people respect good design you know their they eyes people, their eyes just don't want to read something that doesn't look good so if you have a really good presentation with your graphics and your branding it'll definitely draw more people to your exhibit so you can still have a digital uh, or a printed display you can have a nice backdrop you can do the tablecloth the table runner you can have your business cards but make sure everything is consistent and that it looks good and and be confident about the product that you're promoting.
0: You know what? And that translates to everything else. If you're confident about it, the the tablecloth and everything else will embody what you're already um, presenting. So for a young entrepreneur, this is their first um, time presenting. Maybe this is their first booth. And let's just say they're getting it last minute. They're figuring it out. They've done all right with getting their one pager and they spent time over here. If you could pick three items three or four items that that first time booth exhibitor should have what would you recommend those to be because i see the trade show kits or whatnot and i've seen them you know online but what would you actually say hey you know what get these four things and it's going to be your foundation to whatever else you move you know towards next
1: i would have a really nice banner okay I would now what we,
0: size is this what's the standard what's the standard size of a banner uh
1: three by eight three by so, eight so this is a little bit shorter than three by eight okay uh, and you, it has a really nice height to it
0: actually it does i thought it was taller than that
1: no this is this is about eight feet tall okay yeah your standard ones are going to be closer to like 72 inches but this is a product that we're promoting now and it's a no curl material it has a lifetime warranty on it
0: Oh my yeah. goodness. Does that include the the base?
1: No. <laughs> Not on this particular display because on this display for MMSDC, we actually just printed the uh, replacement graphics. Oh, got it. And okay. We put it back into their uh, existing base. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Um, so number one, a retractable banner, very affordable. What is the price range of a retractable banner?
1: So if we're doing the graphics also, you can get a really nice retractable banner with the carrying case and the whole kit for about 250 to 295
0: Let me tell you something. That is one of the best prices. And let me tell you why because the carrying case is essential a strap that will not break the this pole in the back that's actually sturdy and i'm speaking because darnell and i put this thing up every week (laughs) so i know the difference actually now when i touch a flimsy banner versus one that i'm like oh okay this is going to be able to withstand being dragged around the united states if that's what needs to be so okay so we got a retractable banner what's next
1: uh business card You, you definitely want to have your business card yeah
0: you know what you're right invest in your business card I think people assume or, you know, call it standard or have you found people actually moving away from business cards? What do you say to the millennial or the young professional that says, I don't need a, I don't need a business card. Just go to my social media.
1: No, not a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> because (laughs) or fail (laughs) yeah you know you may have people a few people that think like you do but those people that you're really trying to get a contract with or do business with they're going to want your business card you know
0: and understand who you are marketing to if I could give any advice from being a a young uh, business professional I think that's one of the larger mistakes you are thinking in the scope of where you are Mm -hmm. but not where your actual supporter or the person who is going to actually pay your contract where are they at are they actually on social media will they actually do that nine times out of ten it's not um i think that is one of the bigger gaps also of we may live in this whole digitized world and so showing social media but at the end of the day um the dollar is still being bought and sold by a traditional world and i i on, honestly see that is where the gap of millennial kind of thinking does not meet where the reality Uh, business is being done you still have to put in you know certain information you still have to have certain credentials there is still a a traditional amount of business that has to be conducted in such a way and nine times out of ten you are not getting ready to make gm not have you submit your you know information through a portal like they need your business card so um yeah so business cards definitely look and feel foil all of those type of things what would you say what's next out of that
1: grouping your one page capability statement Okay. Just a one page. You know, don't don't overdo it with information. Give them your scope of business, your NAICS codes. Make sure that they know that because the larger companies are going to want that to look you up and to look up your different uh, products and services that you offer. Uh, include a little bit information about your company about us Mm -hmm. but include your past performance what we do on our capability statement is always include uh some of the top companies that we work with right we've been blessed to do work with companies that are number one in their industry like uh wallbridge and and
0: highlight that be celebrate that yeah
1: absolutely uh that gives you source credibility people they respect you know they, they have more respect for you when they see that you are doing work for you know companies that are really reputable and have a good name around town so definitely d- include your capability statement and if you don't know what it should look like go online google it uh, get some ideas
0: Google it did google you hear it. that yeah. there is no reason you should <laughs> not have an example
1: <laughs> yeah I mean the, you can get some really good ideas from the internet on what should be included in your capability statement <laughs>
0: What do you see now on capability statements that you should say, you know, someone sends you their completed. They just want you to do a print run
1: Uh
0: (laughs) and you're looking at it cringing like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to print this for you because that's what you asked me to do. But outside of that, (laughs) (laughs) I would actually say no. What, (laughs) What are some of the things that you see that you want people to stop doing?
1: I would say start investing more in your look and feel.
0: Yes, in, people. In, in, yes. in your brand.
1: I mean, I cannot tell you how often um, someone has had really great content, but the presentation was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier this week, um, I won't mention any names, but earlier this week, we had a particular or a potential vendor reach out to us uh, to do some work for our company. Mm-hmm. And the conversation was great on the phone. I was really impressed with their presentation over the phone. But when I got my digital presentation, I said to one of the guys in the office, I said, you know what, they just... Counted themselves out really mm-hmm. because what you have sent to me tells me that you don't offer what I'm looking for, or maybe you do when you just don't know how to present it. Either way, we're not gonna, yeah.
0: <laughs> either way, it's not going, yeah. The buck stops here,
1: <laughs> yeah. But you, you make people nervous. I mean, everyone has had mm. a bad experience, you in make
0: people nervous. You yeah. are, yes, 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 yeah,
1: you know, and um, for this particular. Uh, or particular potential supplier, there were some good things that we saw, there were some bad things that we saw. And the comment I made to one of my team members is, where are we gonna fall? Are we gonna be closer to the good? Are we gonna be beyond the good? Are we gonna be closer to the bad? And so, all of that came from a presentation.
0: You never know yeah. what people are actually looking at. In this day and age, people are looking at your brand and look and feel. I'm I'm almost to the point now where if anyone tries to discredit marketing, I am slightly looking at them like, hmm, now what's going on with you? And tell me again about your business. Right. And how long have you been in business? And do you think you're still going to be in business <laughs> in the next five to ten years? Right. Because marketing <laughs> is just that impactful now. It is so, everything is I can Google you, I'm on the phone having a conversation with you, and I am typing up everything there is to know about you, good or bad, I want to see it. So what are they going to see? Now, what are... What would you say, you know, five years from now, what's kind of evolving in the marketing print specifically industry? And and I'm actually glad that you're focusing. We're really talking about print again. I'm more of a digital, you know, online world, but I don't take away from the print at all. A lot of times people think they can completely get away with it only in certain industries where you can kind of get away with it a little bit longer than other areas but some documentation or hard tangible material probably is going to be needed um how where is technology actually evolving now when it comes to marketing and you know being able to support trade shows
1: okay so in the next five years i think you'll see the industry moving more towards that digital display Peer- uh, okay just yeah, overall yeah but like you did mention uh, print is never gonna die mm-hmm. I remember some years ago uh, a vendor told me that hey can you, you're making a really big mistake by going into business your industry is gonna die and oh, that, wow. and, and that's, that was a really false statement the industry is you know well alive uh-huh. and in the next five years print will be um, it, it will come with the motion And so what I do is it'll definitely come with emotion and what and you have to create an experience for people. Um, We did a case study a few weeks ago with um, some other talented people I'm working with and we used Toys R Us for example and how they went out of business. They did not create an experience for the people to come into the stores. You missed that opportunity. Yeah, you lost a lot of business to online. But had you created a much better experience in stores, people would have been tripping over their feet to get in there.
0: Because FAO Schwartz is still in business. Mm -hmm. That is a prime example. It may be a high end retailer, but in comparison, you know, when you look at the business models, they are not going out of business, and that right. is exactly why they they create experience and they make that childlike experience still exist versus going into, you know, a, you know, a Toys R- Toys R Us almost became like a discount retailer. In mm-hmm. in that space, they could not compete with what was online. That was the right. part that I think that they, like you, did miss the boat. And you're right. You know, yeah. there are opportunities when technology begins to transition. If you do not, you know, catch that wave at that time, you are go- it's it's going to kill you. It's going yeah. to drown you ultimately.
1: Yeah, and I want to mention also uh, with the pr- the print and emotion comment I made. Uh, we recently did a project for your friend Stephanie and and Devon Industrial Group for Mr. Bernie. Oh,
0: This is our uh, young entrepreneur um, (laughs) ambassador and champion.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey Steph. (laughs) What what we did is we produced a uh, a product for Mr. Burnley. It was a 3D jet varnish uh, raised um, varnish on his business card. And we printed it with a suede material that went on on top of it. So when I say print with emotion, when you pick up that card, you're feeling it. You're rubbing it back and forth. You say, hey, this has a really different or unique feel to it. So that's now you've created a product that's engaging people. We have another sample at the office with a a Heineken ad. And so we have uh, one on the left and one on the right. The one on the left is just the typical flat print, and the one on the right, you can actually feel, you know, like the ice, you know, kind of dripping
0: off. (laughs) And so it all, <laughs> oh, that's cool! Yeah, it's,
1: it's a raised feel, so you can actually touch it and feel it. We, we at the show we did last year, we had an example uh, of an alligator, mm-hmm. so we had the three D jet varnish on the alligator photo, and you could actually—it it felt like you were rubbing over alligator skin. Oh. And so again, what, what I'm—in five years, you're going to see much more of that. We're doing it now. We're mm-hmm. trying to really push that, but people are—you are, want people to engage with your print product.
0: So we have learned today. Number one. You can start at a baseline level. Make sure you have a pop up banner. Make sure you have great cars and make sure you have your capability statement for your business. I'm actually surprised that you didn't include a tablecloth, but you know what? When you actually said, of course, your banner, and even if you just had a black tablecloth, if your black cars and whatever else you had on that table, that is what's going to be more of a lasting impression. So you actually changed my mind. That's number <laughs> one. Um, in addition to that, reach out for mentorship. You know, you've, you've got to connect with people in the industry to help you get you where you need to, to go. There's no need to have a learning curve that is going to number one not support you in the development of your business because technology is moving so fast. Why are you trying to teach yourself something that someone could simply, you know, advise you on? And you're still going to learn in your own path, but you've got to um you you've got to get with that advisement. And I can say again, um experiencing my own business growth, um, As you said, your cash flow problem, I brought that up because Uh actually that's one of the things that I had to take a look at, you know, invoicing and all of those small things that are part of your business that you sometimes don't want to deal with or it's uncomfortable or you feel like that you're not that great at it. Right. If you haven't hired someone or you don't have a friend, you better figure it out real fast because cash flow will put you out of business.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and you know what, Katrina? Not just not just cash flow. Uh, very early on, I encourage people that are getting into business, make sure that your financials, your tax documents are in order. Mm-hmm. That is really, really, really important because the governments, they're going to come back to you, you know, three, four five years down the line, even though you thought, oh, I wasn't really doing much back then. They still have a record and they're going to want you to submit that information. If not, they're going to estimate what you owe and,
0: mm-hmm. and they're
1: going to want that money from you.
0: And they're, yeah, they're going to estimate. They're going to tell you I'm like, oh, no, it's non-negotiable. You didn't figure it out. So we did for you.
1: Yeah. And so <laughs> no, that. That's a true statement. Make sure you're taking taking uh, the proper steps to be proactive and making sure that your tax papers are all in order. One more really important thing. Always yes. always encourage people, uh, especially younger entrepreneurs, I'm saying younger like I'm really old. I'm not really that old.
0: No, he's not that old. Do you not. want to tell your age? I'm 34. That's right. Say yeah. it loud and proud, Ken. He's 34. <laughs> yeah.
1: So one of the things that I mentioned to them is to um, not get so caught up in the money Mm-hmm. that you lose focus of your your client you know I always tell people one of the things I've never chased money okay yeah I, I've always chased success but never money I believe that if you chase success the money will come
0: there's our quotable for the day for Kim
1: yeah yeah and uh, opportunity is really important too so make sure you're positioning yourself to receive those great opportunities I heard a quote once before and um I, I've repeated it at least once a week since I heard it last year. <laughs> uh, but it, it says the opportunity of a lifetime must happen within a lifetime of that opportunity.
0: Oh, oh, that is a good one. Yeah. Where'd you get? Who, look, where did that <laughs> one come from? Oh, Ken, that is, that's a really good one. I haven't heard that one before.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, it, it, it stuck with me, and I used it, and I repeated it to other people, and they had the same reaction that you did. Like, wow, that, that's it's pretty deep. And it is. Take advantage of those really great opportunities and make sure that you're uh, investing properly Mm -hmm. so that you can reap the benefits of it later.
0: And, you know, and and let's just remind people, don't just invest in from a financial, of course, standpoint. But you got the biggest investment is time. Um, Ken and myself both, we have volunteered some lives away over here. (laughs) I have volunteered my life away on many occasions. And I did it because, number one, I believed in what I was doing. Um, I love what I was doing and I've always known, you know, if I do this when I need something or whatever I learn, whatever I learn, it will come back to me and I don't worry about it. And that has truly taken care of me, you know, the entire time. So I am very honored and blessed to have you today on the MMSDC podcast. We're actually going to wrap up, which is why we didn't take any commercials today. You know why? Because Ken has big things going on right now. He's actually on his way down downtown to to be part of uh formidable discussions with the city of Detroit let's just put it that way (laughs) so we are wishing you success on your meetings um this afternoon and I'm glad we were able to switch our times to get you in earlier today
1: thank you so much
0: um so a couple things before we wrap up Ken Tell them how we find you, where to connect with you, and any other information that you want to provide about your company.
1: All right, great. Well, you can find us online. We're at PorterMediaGroup.com. Uh, you can actually find us on Instagram at Porter Media Group or Facebook at PMG Detroit. Uh, you can also call our 800 number at 855-PORTER1.
0: Oh, oh my god you really got that, you yeah,
1: got that? <laughs> I have a vanity number yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> no that's good you know sometimes you try to get a vanity number now and they're taking even the combinations you try um, to get okay way to go on that one Ken yeah
1: yeah 855 <laughs> and I also wanted to mention that we have a promotion going on right now for D C as well as uh, another conference that's taking place in DC for the US Black Chamber and oh, that, that oh is, you're doing that too yeah so we're actually we're, we're providing a special to the members of the US Black Chamber because we're members of that organization as okay. well so we're offering 25% off uh, until May 12th for Michigan and then the end of June, June 30th for the U.S. Black Chamber Conference for people to order collateral for the show.
0: So are, are people still good um, for next week? Are you at a capacity? Are they able to maybe get a banner and some things for next week? I know it's, you know, last minute. However, is there still room to get some banners done?
1: There is. So they need to contact us right away. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning today. Yeah. Maybe
0: no later than tomorrow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they can also email us at orders at Porter Media Group. com, but you have time for banners. You have time for your capability statement and your business cards. Okay. Although it may not be what. Uh, I promote as the futuristic, the foils and, and the jet varnish and the raised print, mm-hmm. but we can definitely get you an order in so you can have something for next week.
0: Okay, and that's what's important, you know. Represent is better than nothing, and it gives you opportunity p- uh, to prepare and plan for next year. And, and and pretty much, I'm I'm sure most people when they attend, you know, as their as their breath is being taken away by all the business owners, uh, they'll get the picture and have some great examples, probably provided by you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Katrina, um, you, you mentioned earlier that you know what you're going to be doing once you get to the show. I also encourage people to have a game plan. Yes. I know, yes. That, I know that, national, um, that the Michigan Council has created an app so you know who's going to be where. Kind of create, print it out and create a game plan so you know where to go when you get there. Because trust me, you will lose track of time really fast.
0: Really, really fast. It's amazing how that those two, three hours in the morning, I'm like, uh, how did it get to lunchtime this fast? I say that every year and I'm six years in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we thank you so much for joining us today on the MMSDC, De- MMSDC Design Series podcast we look forward to seeing everyone next week MMPC we actually will be broadcasting live stay tuned for information regarding where we will be at the um, at the show May 8th through the 10th so have a great afternoon hopefully you get your uh, materials and last minute details completed and reach out again to Porter Media Group they have your back they have ours and we are out to committed corporations, a network of ambitious and like-minded entrepreneurs, and the opportunity to grow your business exponentially. This is the Michigan Minority Supplier Development Council. I'm Michelle Suri Robinson, President and CEO of the Michigan Minority Supplier Development Council. The MMSDC is amongst the largest of the regional affiliate councils in the network, serving more than 1,000 minority business enterprises and 300 corporate members.